This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 783, comic reviews for the week of Wednesday, May 27th. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Chapman. This is episode 783. It's a comic reviews episode for new comics for once that were released on the week of Wednesday, May 27th. Now, for this episode, and I, I might try this out for a little while, uh, I'm actually not going to give numerical values. I'm going to talk about the issues that I read and what I liked about them, but I'm not going to specifically uh, give them a numerical value. I, I have done that for the last seven years, but I thought, you know what? I kind of like not doing it. I like kind of just talking more broadly about the books. Um, I'm only talking about a handful anyway. Um, some of the books that did come out in the 27th, which I have not read yet, include Amazing Spider-Man, Aquaman, Avengers, uh, Batman Beyond, Bridge of Price, Sirens of Justice, uh, Justice League, uh, Suicide Squad, Supergirl, Teen Titans, and The Terrifics. Um, so I only got a chance to really read three books. Uh, first up is Marauders. Um, this is... It's actually really interesting to look at it because... Uh, when you look at it uh, on the coming soon page at the end, uh, it has all the old dates uh, for you know Excalibur and Marauders are supposed to be originally on sale at the same date, April first. Then you're supposed to have X Force and New Mutants on April eighth. You're supposed to have Children of the Atom and Cable on the fifteenth of April, and then Hellions and X Factor on April twenty second, and then Giants has it Magneto and Wolverine and X Men on April 29th. So obviously that didn't happen. So it's just kind of a, a curious oddity. Um, I very much enjoyed the issue, though. Um, I can't really remember, you know, what was going on with Kitty Lass, but um, or even last where we saw her. Like, I just don't remember anything, I, which is weird. I feel like did I miss an issue? Like, I didn't think so. I thought, oh, you know what? I missed two issues. I was just like looking at it here, and I was like, wait a minute. Okay, so I didn't read issues uh, e nine, um, but I read ten, and and I actually didn't feel like I missed too much, which I think is to the credit of the creative team that. You know, I was able to kind of jump in and not feel like I missed too much. Um, I like the characters that were used. I thought it was interesting ideas here. It's written by Jerry Duggan, artwork by Stefano Caselli, who I love. Edgar Delgado doing the color art with uh, virtual click freeze Corey Pettit on letters. Um, so, like, I mean, when you jump right into the issue, first of all, it's a great shot of uh, a forge, and they're at a, a distillery on Cocoa, which is such an interesting idea that he's there. Like you wouldn't think he he would be necessary, uh, you know, to be creating the technology for you know this distillery. But I like that you have Tempo uh, being is here to kind of help uh, age the whiskey so quickly, which is so interesting. And I really like that idea. I always liked uh, how they're using uh, Sebastian Shaw in this book and how they even they even call him the, the dandy over there. I just thought that was such an interesting, you know, choice. Um, also liked when uh, he's talking to Tempo about the alcohol, and she's just like, "Whatever, dude." Like, <laughs> I don't know why. But I kind of like Tempo being so disaffected and not caring. Um, really enjoyed again how Forge was written here, um, and how him and Storm kind of relate to each other, and how he realizes that there's someone out there who might actually be able to replicate his tech uh, to strip mutants of their powers, which obviously has a, a long connection between him and Storm. Um, you have to see some of the Quiet Council having a conversation with each other, which I thought was interesting as well. And it almost felt like maybe this is a bit of discord here, um, which, again, is intriguing to see it anywhere in a non-Hickman-written uh, book, just because his is, you know, he's the one running the ship, even though he's kind of shepherding everything and obviously in communication with everyone. So it's just interesting to see where they go from there and how if this is actually used to any great effect. Um, 
then you have the you know a, a multi pronged attack of the Marauders, uh, you know, taking out this ship using a UFO. Like the, there's a lot of kind of crazy fun stuff. There's you know Emma and Pyro uh, infiltrating, and then her you know basically walking out and undoing her shirt, and uh, you know being able to use use people's minds because everyone's kind of you know just looking at this gorgeous blonde woman with her breasts out. So uh, they're easy to control, which kind of feels like a very Emma move. Um, again, I really like seeing Bishop and um, Bishop and Forge kind of rescuing this this prior uh, associate. That was really interesting. I liked Callisto here. Again, felt very uh, very Callisto. Uh, even what they kind of do to these people, I felt very appropriate for what you know we've been seeing in terms of how the people in Kokoa have been written. Um, the whole Christian. Um, Christian Frost stuff. I'm not really sure anything about that, but I did like the sequence with uh, Forge and his, you know, prior uh, lab mate, and I thought that was actually kind of was kind of sad, um, you know, because he, he, you know, he did everything he could to try and get in touch with Forge and trying to figure out a way or send a message, and uh, none of it really ended up working. And he, you know, they tell him that you know he's not going home, and it's it's sad, but it's kind of interesting how he ends up kind of meeting mask and you know being part of this kind of retirement community so to speak i thought that was really interesting um the last page is definitely one of the most like fundamental where you have the idea that you know they don't seem to be able to bring you know kitty back or resurrect her and again i haven't read the last you know a few issues so i don't even know what happened to kitty now like i i thought i had caught up in marauders i did not realize that i had two issues i had not read um, and in fact, it looks like I have some new mutants I haven't read either. So I'm actually sur- very surprised at myself because I just assumed that I had read them. Um, so I'm interested to see where this goes and where she is. Like, I, I know she's not dead. I mean, there's no way. But uh, obviously, you know, I'm sure her body was found, um, or you know, there's something that they know what's going on here. But I just I don't remember or or I haven't read it. I don't believe I've actually read eight and nine. So, but I, I, I do give credit to Marauder Ten that I didn't feel like I missed anything and I still enjoyed it. Um, which I feel like in a lot of comics these days you can't always say that. Uh, so the fact that I could just kind of read it and enjoy it and not feel like I missed something is to me a big deal. Uh, next up is Flash seven fifty four. I also just realized that um, I am apparently missing. I guess seven fifty. I haven't read seven fifty three. And so I should really get on that. But again, I felt like I didn't really miss too much. I missed obviously uh, Barry, um, you know, finding and 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 uh, recruiting to his cause, uh, Earbird Thawne. Um, but I, again, didn't feel like I missed too much. Um, I did unfortunately really miss uh, Howard Porter not being the penciler though in this issue. You got Rafa Sandoval, who's fine, does able work, but it just felt so, you know, off model. Not off model. That's that's not even fair. It just. It had a certain style and look to it when Power Porter was doing it, and this just definitely did feel different. Uh, this is written by Joshua Williamson, who's been writing forever, which is, you know, I'm, it's still, you know, he's still doing good work, so it's impressive that he's been on it this long with Rafa Sandoval, as I said, doing the pencils with uh, Jordi Tarragona on inks and Arif Prianto and Hi Fi on colors. Uh, Arif Prianto, Prianto, Arif Prianto, this page is 1 to 10, and the rest is by Hi Fi. Um, so I I enjoyed you know this. Oh well, let me let me specify. I liked the team up between Flash and Iberthon. I liked their different points of view. I like how they their interplay kind of crackles off of each other. I thought it was really interesting. Um, I don't care at all about this paradox character. I, I 
you know, his his origin was okay, but it went so far and so crazy so fast, and it just didn't feel believable to me. Um, I just find myself so bored by it. And, like, I like the things that are happening around Paradox, but I don't like Paradox himself. Like, the whole issue where you had Godspeed pretending to kind of be working for Paradox and then turn against him. I like that. I like, uh, you know, I, I like what it's pushing Barry to do and have to maybe think outside of his comfort zone. I like how it's forcing him to team up with Earbirth on. Um, I like all of that stuff. I just I find myself so bored by Paradox as a character. Um, so it's interesting to feel that way. And uh, last but not least, we have uh, Venom. Uh, this is issue 25, um, which is huge. Um, well, not huge, but it's pretty big. It's the Venom Island conclusion, but I found so much of it was just rehashing, and frustratingly so that like I felt like if you didn't read the last while, then that's okay because you have this book. But on in and of itself, as a conclusion to the storyline, I felt it was kind of lackluster because there's so much talking and a lot of like you know how is this working? How is the symbiote doing this? And it just goes on and on. And like, And it's not a bad issue by any means. I actually found it quite enjoyable. And I loved the art by Mark Bagley. And if you're going to have someone doing kind of confessionals, he's gotten really good to, at having many different sequences of someone's expressions, as we saw when he was working with Brian Michael Bendis. So he can definitely do it. Um, so I just didn't, I don't know, I just didn't care for how much of this felt like a recap, how much of it felt like a clip show. Um, how much of it didn't feel like we're really getting that much new content? Uh, I mean, it's it's brilliantly penciled by Mark Bakley, but I thought this was a bit of a, a misstep by Johnny Cates um, because so much of it was just, it felt like just filler. It felt felt like something we already got before, and that to me is where it really falls apart um, because a lot of it was like, yeah, I know this already, and I feel like if you read this as part of like a trade, this would be even more glaring. Uh, than it was, uh, I mean, I, I hadn't read Venom 24 in a while, whatever that was, that it even came out. So, I mean, it was nice to kind of, I guess, have the recap of, you know, the last two years. But at the same time, you spend so many pages doing it, I feel like you're you're not just giving me an extra bonus content here. Uh, you're just giving me, you're padding the issue with stuff that didn't need to be doled out the way it was, as slowly as it was. Uh, and then you also have a backup called Paradise Interrupted by David Michelinie and Ron Lim, which is a nice little... Um, a nice little story about this, you know, this specific version of Venom uh, when he was first on the island alone um, and one of Peaches. Um, so that's kind of weird and bizarre, but uh, definitely enjoyable. And uh, it was nice to see those two working together. I mean, I don't remember the last time I saw that, um, you know, Michelinie was writing new material. I'm sure he did last year through Marvel 80, but, um, you know, I feel like it has been a while and it was kind of nice to, to see him working and having teaming up with Ron Lim was uh, kind of a, a cool treat as well. Uh, when I look forward to, to next week's releases, uh, so and by next week I mean the day I'm recording this, which is June 3rd, um, it's interesting. So print-wise, Marvel doesn't have any releases that aren't trade paperbacks. It has, um, like, since Spider-Man and Venom, Double Trouble, graphic novel, trade paperback, Star Wars, Darth Vader, poster book, X-Men by Jonathan Hickman, volume one, I got it through actually Amazon like months ago. Sensational She-Hulk by Burn Omnibus. Um, you got Mephisto, Trey Paperback, Speak of the Devil. Ghost Rider, Trey Paperback, Volume 1, King of Hell. You got the reprinting of Astonishing X-Men, Whedon and Cassidy Omnibus. And you got the amazing Sp- Mary Jane, Trey Paperback, Volume 1, Down in Flames, Up in Smoke. And that's all we got from Marvel. Um, over at IDW, you have like uh, TMNT Ongoing Number 100, Deluxe Hardcover Edition, uh, Star Trek Year 5, number 11, at DC, at Action Comics 1022. 
Uh, let's see what else. Aquaman, Batman, Superman, Birds of Prey, Catwoman, um, DC Goes to War hardcover, Detective Comics 1022, uh, Joker 80 Years, The Clown Prince of Crime hardcover. I got the New Teen Titans, uh, Trip Paperback Volume 11, got Swamp Thing Giant Number 4, you got Wonder Woman 756. So, you know, you're getting a slow ramp out, but you're not getting, uh, maybe everything that you may have expected to originally get. But, um, it's definitely interesting, uh, in terms of release, release schedule, uh, as, you know, combo books, you know, try to come back and, you know, get used to things. Um, you know, I, it's just, I'm, I'm curious what it's, what it's like around, North America specifically about how to get comics and how e- how easy it really is. Um, anyways, that's that's uh, about it for today. So thank you for uh, joining me for the Comic Shenanigans podcast. Our next episode uh, will be up in a few days. I have to do a fair bit of editing. There were some issues uh, with it. Uh, it was a great conversation, though. It was I think it was almost two hours with uh, colorist Laura Martin, who was already on the show for over an hour. So it was great fun talking to her. We recorded it last week, so that'll be coming up as seven. What, what are we on? Seven eighty four. Seven eighty six. Oof. Um, it's going to be an exciting one, um, as long as it goes as scheduled. I'm supposed to sit down with Roger Stern. I'm so excited to talk to him for the show. And then uh, 788 is going to be another conversation with Dave Lanfear. Uh, so we've had a good run lately of back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back interview episodes. So I'm hoping we can continue that. i got to hopefully um, try to maybe get uh, Judd Winnett to come back on the show. Judd is an amazing creator, but I had asked him previously about maybe doing a, uh, an episode about exiles. So I'm hoping to maybe get that uh, to happen. Anyways, thanks so much for uh, for listening, and uh, you can email me at comicsgenetics at gmail.com, rate the show on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and also listen to us on Stitcher. Thanks again, and uh, catch you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>